Ahead. I'm your host Alex Lemnall. I'm here with co-host Austin Wellens. Yes, I am. And before we start, I just want to say, hey Jax, hey Alex, you are both conventionally attractive. Thank you very much. I feel like I don't tell people that enough. It's, you guys, it's. I'm also here with conventionally <laughs> attractive co-host Jackson Rody. Hi. I was, that has never been told me before. Like I've I've been told that I look like a gay or gay person before. <laughs> um, uh, exactly. Yeah, I feel like I didn't. Nobody. As a straight dude, that is not always the best thing to hear. Uh, it just basically means that I dress well. Or you have a good haircut. Yeah, thanks. You do have a good haircut. For those of you at home who can't see Jackson's head, it's pretty good. Austin, you as well are conventionally attractive. We are here gathered for a very special episode unrelated to the concept of our triad. Uh, Austin, do you want to talk to the people? Well, the, the title has three words in it. The title has a lot of things going on. We'll <laughs> it's got two sets of three words, actually. The reason that I wanted to open with a little like positive reinforcement for all of us is because we're going to be talking about a film that presents the three different platonic <laughs> ideals of masculine attractiveness. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are discussing Batman v Superman space colon space Dawn of Justice. Well, what's the third one? Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Jeremy. Irons yeah. is okay. pretty good looking. I thought you. Were gonna, I thought you were gonna say, motherfucking Jesse Eisenberg, because, <laughs> dear God. <laughs> what? Who? Who else would Ben Affleck, Jeremy Irons, Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah. Oh those yeah. Are the three. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Let's just jump into the analysis. Do you think Jesse Eisenberg has ever had sex? Ooh. Uh, as a person, or like as the character Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. I guess either. Uh, Lex Luthor, definitely not. Okay. Maybe like terrifying manipulative sex mm -hmm. um, Jesse Eisenberg's had sex yeah, yeah? but Jesse yes. yes what are you basing that on Adventureland mm -hmm. yeah he was okay. a cool guy in that yeah, movie right. <laughs> yeah. and, how, and Now You See Me mm -hmm. <laughs> he right. definitely got laid after Now You See Me that was one where he was like fist bumping on the way home and his confident persona in the double yeah that's true there's that uh, one too is that James Simon or Simon James what did you, like, one of the I don't remember Austin. <laughs> he was also in the social network. Anyway, uh, the reason that we're talking about Batman vs Superman is because uh, our finals sort of have ramped up, and it means that we haven't had time to watch three more Fast and Furious movies yet. We'll get to crime, those but week, we'll maybe. we'll get to them. Uh, we're gonna get to them. But in the meantime, we, we got a special episode for us. Um, so. We talked briefly about doing a special episode for Batman vs. Superman, and I think the reason is because it is a wild and out movie that kind of just, you can't remember to talk about all of it, because so, there's too much. And like, none of the pieces connect to each other, so I'm curious to see how we segue from talking about one thing to another, because it's such an atomized movie. It is about five different movies put yeah. together. It doesn't make any sense when they are put together i don't know how Zack snyder has jobs ever <laughs> uh unless he is like unless he is taking an already written thing he is a terrible terrible man <laughs> whoa <laughs> i was expecting you to assign something like writer or director or filmmaker no you attacked his moral his moral fiber you've huh? heard him talk about this film right i know i didn't i Look, the reason it took us so long to get to this is because I was bad at watching movies and I only just saw the movie legally. I want to point out that I watched the movie oh, no, legally no. this past weekend. All right, well. 
Um, <laughs> Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Let's talk. Okay. Well. Where do you want to start? Because I, I don't I have know. a question because I haven't seen Watchmen. Oh, that's a fine movie. Does that have... Okay, so... Then again, I watched it when I was in eighth grade. So, my immediate, like, guess for, like... That seems like the one that would most obviously have the same sort of problems that Batman vs. Superman could have, in that it's got so many narratives running that are pretty disjointed from each other. But I think that, not having seen the movie, it sounds like it does that by, like, just following the script of the book yeah. almost as closely as it can including it, the visual language yeah it mm-hmm. treats the graphic novel like storyboarding yeah like it's um it goes shot for shot as close as it can he was painting by numbers on that one so yeah. i think the thing that ends up making batman vs because plot wise there are just like plot lines that don't go anywhere and that's like part of the frustration name with five the, right <laughs> um but uh yeah, there's a sense that some of the plot lines sort of go nowhere, or anything interesting that happens in them is happening off screen. Uh, but then the real reason it doesn't make any sense is because emotionally it's all edited so that it all pretty much has the same like gravity to it. So you can't tell which scenes are actually important. Your mom's name is also Martha. <laughs> well, that's a scene that's clearly important. But is the scene that he's meeting with his mom in Kansas equally important dramatically because they're edited the same but way? But why is the Martha scene important? Like, why is that the thing that is like? Because she has to get kidnapped later, and we would forget that he had a mom otherwise. <laughs> It, it, it has to... I mean, if we're just going to talk about Does the, it, the Martha the Martha scene. Yeah. Is it that it Austin, how, bad, how much did it bother you, the Martha thing? Which part of it? In the, 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 they have the same names, and they oh. don't explicitly clarify that there is something else going on with that relationship, and Batman no longer kills Superman because Martha. As a concept or an execution? <laughs> Both. Talk about it. Both, Both bad. Both, Both bad. Dumb Both as bad. shit. They're the stupidest fucking things. One, two of the stupidest things in the movie. So, I is that moment pulled from a specific no. story nope. arc, or is that no? Is that a David S. Goyer original? That's a Goyer original. Um, Oof. Here's Oof. here's the thing. I think that they were trying to make it clear that because a, a, it, it was such a weird and explicit detail for them to have the same name that it like forces Batman to sort of in shock recognize the humanity of Superman and that he has clearly been raised on Earth and why would he turn on Earth? There's no Krypton for him to be fighting for. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that, that was fine. clearly the goal. Yes. Yeah, that's like the horrifying thing about this movie to me is that as I'm watching it because I'm so disengaged from what's actually happening, like, I can sort of see the schematic that they were working from. Like, I kind of understand why they made the decisions that they made. I just can't understand why they were done so poorly. Right. And, like, in the order that they were. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, so... I could see what they were going for with the Martha thing. I don't know why they chose to do it at all, but also the way that they did it for me it's so childish and like it's one of those things where it's like oh my god your mom's name is martha let's be friends like honestly it would be better if he just said they're gonna kill my mom and that was the trigger for Batman to recognize oh he has a mom yeah that would make that the name thing is just such an unnecessary extra step it's so yeah it it just feels like 
it just feels so it's ramping on that ridiculousness of the movie where it's it's basically children ramming uh action figures together and they're like i don't know i i i'm thinking about it because i think this movie is so weird that i can't just go like it's not i that's that's my problem with the paint by numbers description of this movie no that was for watchmen <laughs> oh for watchmen yeah and like there are people who seem to act like oh it's so generic and i'm like no it's definitely not no it is like it's a weird aberration, and it honestly, like, it's so bizarre that it's lowered my interest in watching any more Marvel movies, because I'm <laughs> like, they're just not going to be as weird. They can't be as weird. Guardians of the Galaxy isn't as weird as Batman for Superman. Yeah. And, and here's <laughs> the thing, is, like, to my idea about, like, I can kind of see what they're trying to do. Right. My big problem with the movie is that if they had made the movie they were trying to make, it would be so fucking boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, like, if the Martha scene played the way they wanted it to, it would be so dull. Yeah. But having Batman and... s- scream, why did you say that name? And <laughs> yeah. be, like, bewildered and actually recoil. It's like, well, this, like, I'm not supposed to be laughing at this, but... It's more interesting than if this was an actual beat. And so that's why I think they couldn't have done the they're gonna kill my mom thing, because then you're like, why wouldn't Superman say that as the second sentence out of his mouth? Mm -hmm. Because you would be sitting there going, obviously that's enough, if that's what it is. But but Superman just kind of mumbling his mom's name and Batman being (laughs) so bewildered that he doesn't know what to do is a clearly less obviously authored and more, like, human response but also is so corny and they've done so little work to make us care about either of these moms or their relationships to these completely unlikable characters. Well, we get to see Martha Wayne die twice, so that's like double the money. <laughs> right. Fuck. Double uh, the emotional uh, investment. In, oh, the, in the worst way. The fucking pearls raining down like it's bad <laughs> pornography. Um, uh. I, I'll say that, uh, or I'll, I'll just pose a little question. Go ahead. Does Bruce Wayne freak the fuck out when he meets anyone named Martha? <laughs> Why did you say that name? Because it's my name. Hi. I mean, he's gone... What do you want? He has gone like Ahab on on the idea yeah. of taking down Superman. So yeah. for, for Superman to say the mom's name is a weird... Like, that's not... Like, he does not have composure in the moment when he's about to kill Superman. Again... Basically, what I'm saying is I can figure out how they got to these things, right. but they're so strange convoluted. and so convoluted. Not in, like, the actual movie, mm-hmm. which is often overly simplistic, and you're like, why did you think now was a good time to introduce Doomsday? Doomsday would have been a cool villain <laughs> if he wasn't in the fucking movie, if it was, like, actually Lex Luthor. Like, Doomsday is a rad villain. He's just the Hulk in this right. movie. Like, He doesn't even grow his cool spiky things until like halfway through the fight and they don't look that good it's right like doomsday is really interesting so it's like again i like i can work through why they wanted to get there and it was because they wanted to honor the fact that they didn't actually end up doing the dark knight returns i think they wanted to put michael shannon in the movie and so instead they they didn't but they didn't yeah. He's not even in the movie. That's not That's his not body. his body. That's a they silicone just... replica of Michael what? Shannon. Okay, well. He still owns the rights, though. <laughs> yeah, no, he does. They still have to credit him, but he's not. That's he did not hilarious. do the work. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not even really him. Um, I'm... Before we go on, I'm really happy that Michael Shannon has managed to retain the rights to his own likeness. I yeah. Good for him. He hasn't lost his soul to the machine just yet. Well, yeah. well he is a machine. He was, but... he was in Man of Steel, yeah. so... Um, it's yeah, 
what do you want what do you want to talk about? <laughs> do we want to go in chronological order? No. Or no? I think I think yeah, I, I don't I really have much couldn't. more to say about the end other than just like knowing that they were tr- they they decided they like actually wanted to subvert expectation and everyone thought they were going to do the Dark Knight Returns and the founding of the Justice League and yeah. actually have the death of Superman appear in this movie is a weird like that's a decision that again like I haven't seen Civil War Part One yet. Certain things happen in Civil War that I do not think will happen in Part One, and no. I already am like fairly confident. I'm like. Okay, so that character is not going to die yet. That character is not going to die yet. I don't even think he's going to show up. Um, that will all happen in part two if it happens at all. Um, and partly that's because of how they marketed the movie. But like, yeah, to to have the death of Superman be at the, the, the end of that movie makes sense. To then have a Hobbit length ending where they undo the death of Superman in the final shot is very disappointing. Uh, I did everything. I don't want to make sweeping statements yet. <laughs> Fuck this movie. Uh, it's it's another yeah. I think it's another one of those like coming out of it like wow that took up so much time out of my life. <laughs> Although compared to Bound, which is what I'm comparing it to, uh, this movie was Pretty actually <laughs> this movie was actually fun to watch. Uh, although I did see it in the theater with Alex and two of our friends, <laughs> yeah. uh, where we were laughing hysterically the entire time. I would feel so much differently about this film if I watched it in a theater, which I did, because I saw it with money that I paid for. <laughs> but yeah, um, the only thing that I had going for me was that it was a Sunday night and I was tired so I could justify drinking to myself while I watched it, and that made it kind of okay. Spent a lot of time on the phone, though. Not gonna lie. That's fine. (sighs) Okay. Let's talk about the one thing that everyone seems to agree is good in this movie, and there's only one thing that everyone agrees is good. Austin, did you actually like Jeremy Irons? I did. (laughs) He was good. He's in it for, like, two scenes. Yeah, no, he's in it for, like, three scenes, but that's more than most people can agree works in this movie. Yeah, he is a cool-ass Alfred. Yeah. He is a very cool actor. You can feel, like, the length of his relationship, but not, yeah. like... I mean, it is corny. It's so, like, his quips about not for lack of trying. Right. And, like, it's that comic booky flavor of Alfred. But most iterations of the character, I think, lean too far into the stodgy aspect of it. And, like, he's having fun. Yeah, like, it is refreshing like, to not have Michael Caine yeah. just be, like... Like, Mr. White. like Alfred thinks his jokes are funny. Right. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah, yeah. He's and he ha- doesn't really care if you do. Yeah, he's yeah. having a ball. Exactly. He's an old man, and he knows, and he's just kind of having fun with it. I do think that and he is down to bone. He is. <laughs> he's basically Tony Stark. Like, like to yeah. me, like he dresses the same way. Yeah. And he just got extent. smart enough to be like, oh, some other asshole can wear the suit. I'm yeah. chilling this like, game. That is like to me, Jeremy Irons in this movie is basically Tony Stark. Um, so. Yeah, who is a better Bruce Wayne anyway? Uh, I said it. Iron Man is a better Batman than Iron Man, mm. or than Batman. Man, if we had listeners, you would have just pissed <clears throat> off a lot of internet. Hey. I I love Batman, but it's not because of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I think I probably. Well, I mean, okay. Here's the thing: Iron Man only actually became Iron Man like around the time that Civil War got written. He was the most boring, yeah. stodgy yeah, million billionaire for like. 50 years. Yeah, he was a shitty alcoholic for the majority of it. No, he wasn't even, like, he wasn't Seriously? even a shitty alcoholic. He was just a dude who liked to drink and, like, yeah. wore suits. Yeah. Iron Man, like, did not have a personality whatsoever well, hey. until they needed to set up <clears throat> Civil War. 
And then he started to become the character that ended up being Tony Stark in the Marvel yeah. movies. And then, really, honestly, yeah. most of his personality got added when they cast Robert Downey Jr. Well, ultimate, and kind of found it on set. And were like, oh, this is who he should be in the comics now. Ultimate and they Iron kind of Man, rewrote him. Ultimate Iron Man is pretty... He's better. Yeah, is yeah. that to a certain extent. But yeah, I agree. Um, uh, yeah. Fucking Batman in this movie is... Bat- I, I am excited for Batfleck in general. Yeah. Uh, he is a very cool... Uh, he's a very cool Batman and so, Bruce Wayne. But are you excited for the continued version of this world? I though? want no. I want to see what Ben Affleck does with that character in yeah. his movie. Like I almost feel like he has to go <clears throat> back. I feel like like I'm not in. Uh, Jeremy Irons accurately at one point says like the problem with this world now is that like Batman doesn't work if if gods drop out of the sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, See. Okay. Here's my thing. Unless you have one. no, go ahead. It's mostly a symptom of this being the film that has to introduce Batman, but they're working from Superman villains. They have Lex Luthor and they have Doomsday. Yeah. Superman villains are dry. They are. They don't have like. Like, they can be interesting characters. Like, there are interesting stories of Lex Luthor and, like, different ideas about him and his role and everything, and Doomsday is, like, an interesting concept. But, like, they're very straight-faced and serious villains. Especially when you play them baseline. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which is not what they're doing with Luthor. We'll talk about him. We'll we'll get to to Jesse Eisenberg in a moment. But especially considering that Ben Affleck said, I think it was this week or last week, that, like, there's going to be a fuck ton of Batman villains showing up in his Batman. Like, yeah, I think the headline was something like your favorite Batman villain is going to be in Ben Affleck's Batman because he's using almost all of them. I don't want it to become Batman and Robin though. That's the thing. I don't want it to become Batman and Robin, but so many of the Batman villains are great, are goofy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, I don't know what the Riddler's going to look like when Ben Affleck writes and conceptualizes him, but it's going to be fucking silly. I kind of already know what the Joker's going to look like. It'll be a dark green suit. Dark green suit. It'll be a dark green suit. But, like, so much of where his, like, little branch of this universe goes, I think is going to depend on how Suicide Squad actually turns out. Yeah. And, like, what Jared Leto's Joker and Margot Robbie's um, Harley Quinn are going to (laughs) do. Because those are going to be the two main characters who show back up in his movies. Yeah, and is it going to feel like uh, a Fast and Furious right. movie? Yeah, um, yeah. I I'm thinking about it, and I'm just wondering, like, doesn't he doesn't he kind of feel like he has to do a prequel? Because like, I just can't imagine watching the same character like yeah. give a shit about what the Riddler's doing if do like if Dark Side is on his way. He's already had the uh, he. He's already had yeah. the experience of the future shown to him by the Flash, yeah, uh, <laughs> which is insane. But uh, yeah, there's and th- like the Joker's already in jail, and Robin is already dead by the time uh, yeah. you see this. Yeah, there is a character. Robin, and he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> and they so. they make that explicit. <clears throat> yeah, it's Jared Leto killed him, I guess. Right. Yeah. With a cool spear. Which is weird considering how young Jared Leto is for his, like, supposed role. He will be, like, an 18-year-old when Batman gets started, I guess. Yeah. That's weird. That's... Oh. They... Guys, I'm beginning to suspect that the DC Cinematic Universe might not be terribly well thought through. Yeah. I mean, neither of them are. Like... <laughs> They they were planning for Marvel for they, years. Yeah, though. but they just like they got they got 
fucking lucky that Ryan Coogler just knocked it out of the park with Green because Ava DuVernay was like, I'm not down to do Black Panther, and you really need Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, especially now with all the shit with Doctor Strange. Like, yeah, well. you know, they just, sometimes they, they are whiffing it mm-hmm. with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and, and they had, I don't know why they raced to Civil War. That's confusing to me, too. Yeah. Um, well, it's because they need to introduce something that brings them all together. Yeah, basically. it's because the Avengers didn't have, uh, like, famous stories until yeah. Civil War, basically. Yeah. And they're trying to set up Infinity War. Right. Mm-hmm. And you need Civil War mm-hmm. yep. to do that. And then that's it, though. Like, Batman, they, they can do another, like, 20 famous Batman comics as movies of their own if they <laughs> want to. That'd be cool, but, like... I don't want to see those. Yeah, exactly. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that they can do those and then also original stories and then, like, incorporate elements from those. Like, The Dark Knight Rises is not uh, Nightfall. No. It but isn't. it, like, incorporates elements of it to yeah. tell an interesting story. There are problems with Dark Knight Rises, too, obviously. <laughs> but, like, um, you know, I... I do worry about that with the Marvel universe, just because it's like, well, most of the famous stories ended up going to Fox and to Sony. Mm. Um, but also, as of right now, the point where you have them cashing out and like, you know, they need to light another if they're gonna keep smoking, yeah, is like twenty fucking twenty five. Like the rest of the culture will be burned out on superhero yeah. movies by that. That's point true. Anyway, they're not gonna need to go past Infinity. That's War. a good point. They'll, this is they'll be starting to stop making. This is money. hopefully not a bond. Yeah. level of like cultural institution hopefully we're looking more at i don't know i don't well, even we've already know had could be comp- there's nothing this is new we've, we've already, already had three world. spider-man so oh my god <laughs> and oh, aunt may keeps getting <laughs> oh jesus christ okay, i keep even... getting older and aunt may has the curse of benjamin button <laughs> oh wow uh, uh, we should get back to the movie that we said we were gonna talk about but before we get can we just please just cast a uh Days and confused like Spider-Man thing. But, um, <laughs> after, let's the, go. after the podcast, but, yeah. uh, <clears throat> um, let's uh, talk about Lex Luthor. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. That's so. That's the boldest, like most like original thing in the movie, without yep. a question, because uh-huh. that has never been the character of Lex Luthor. Um, yeah, like I mean, it's explicitly not Lex Luthor; it's his kid, right? right. So well, I guess they were just trying to write. Well, except that it is because it is, the timeline of this universe. It's also just still Lex Luthor. Like they the, Lex the Luthor. other Lex Luthor just didn't exist. Yeah, he's just not a. He's still. He's a different guy. Still an evil business dude. Yeah, still but Lex Corp. Who gets mentioned in two lines of dialogue? He, he punched <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. He couldn't have been a good guy. Yeah, and he also had a really creepy office. He did uh, have a creepy yeah. office. What a weird. I almost want to watch his movie. <laughs> yeah, like just like <laughs> the man that had the fucking balls did like. Put that together? Yeah. I don't understand. Just put like a, a painting of Paradise Lost in your office, like deal with it. Yeah. What if we get Kevin Spacey to do that one? I mean, Kevin Spacey from Superman Returns. He's the best part of Superman Returns. So. Kevin Spacey is a perfect Lex Luthor. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg is not a uh, Lex not, Luthor. He's not a slouch. He. <laughs> I was uh, genuinely very excited for Jesse Eisenberg's version of Lex Luthor. I wasn't because it was it was clear to me from the there was a trailer they released like when they announced him. My dream was oh he's just gonna be. Uh, He's still just gonna be Mark Zuckerberg from the Social Network. That's what just I thought. Snipey and shitty the yeah, whole time. That's what I and thought. And that was be. left me pumped. I was like, 
oh, that would be beautiful. Is him just like being shitty and being like, yeah. why are you growling at me? Do you ha- do you have to talk like that, Batman? <laughs> why are you doing that? That doesn't make any sense. I know. <laughs> um, I know that's a voice. Come on. Um, but instead, when they released, uh, there was a trailer they released that was like that weird dinner party sequence, and yeah. it starts oh, after the speech. Yeah. Um, which is its own sort of bizarre... Where he's just yeah. being weird to people like, that he doesn't know. <laughs> I have a theory about this, but keep talking. Um, and it was, this, it, was, it was like a very genuinely like trying-to-be-nice version of the character I had written in my head. Of him just being like, Ah! You have incredibly... <laughs> I would not want to fight this person. And I was like, Very oh, for magic. This is a little bit different from where I thought he was going to be. But still, like, right in line with the same, like, snipey weirdo. Except for that was the entire movie. Which yeah, is the problem it? for me. I don't think it was. The fucking... I think there are two Lex Luthers in this movie. Yeah, I think that's the problem with this they... movie. Because there's, like, the backstory, like, daddy issues. Okay. Know, daddy's this an abomination. Yeah. He's talking about turning the painting upside down. Yeah. And there they're trying to be, like, the broody, like, legacy Lex Luthor. But then when you just let him loose and, like, just have him interacting with other characters. When, when you he give him Jolly Ranchers. Plot, yeah. Yeah, when you give him Jolly Ranchers and basketballs, he's hilarious. When you don't, when he's ah. not the one who's trying to, like, throw weight onto a scene, like, when they're trying to be cute or when, like, Superman gets to be the one who is carrying the, like the unbearable weight that every moment of this movie feels like it has to carry like when he's trying to find his mom and he finds out like that he has an egg timer to go kill Batman <laughs> like Lex Luthor gets to be funny in those scenes but then he has to try and like it's like they forget that they're trying to make him a serious character mm. until he is the one who has to be serious yeah, like, like the speech at the dinner where he starts to like have a little anxiety episode yeah. <laughs> that was uncomfortable <laughs> and it was like they had these two ideas for the character in their head and they were like we sort of wrote ourselves out of this corner we can do whatever we want this would be cool and this would be cool and they just never bothered to reconcile those two ideas from scene to scene but okay yeah. correct me if i'm wrong uh i remember a circle monologue is that a thing? There is that incredibly the... weird monologue about oh, shapes when he yeah. runs into Lois Lane. Okay, yeah, that's another mm. one of those things that doesn't fucking yeah. work because they try to make him, like, weird and introspective and, like... like... The real problem is that it feels like whoever wrote the those scenes picked up their notebook from undergrad and, like, went and dug yeah. up all their literature and philosophy notes. Yeah. And, like, they didn't take great notes, but they took <laughs> what... Like, they have all the keywords They got there. the ideas, like, <laughs> and, to a certain extent. They just might be to the wrong guy. And they, rather than just, like, think about those and make them feel organic than the character... I, I don't remember who made this... Uh, this is a quoted description, but I don't remember from <laughs> who anymore... It is like being with your unbearable cousin in the yeah. in the like humanities who is just like spouting everything he learned his first semester at you like it's the most profound experience in the universe. Mm-hmm. And it's just like what are, you're not like connecting these ideas you're just listing st- like that's the thing maybe his dialogue actually does connect but because he's going so monotonously and because of the way the movie's edited, you don't process any of it. And so none of it ends up catching. You were sort of, like, mumbling and objecting more. Does this character work for you? Do you think it's a good Lex Luthor? No, it's awful. It's a horrible Lex Luthor. <laughs> Lex Luthor is supposed to be a powerful, intimidating businessman. 
and not a shitty millennial asshole. Like he like I I don't get that decision for this character. Like it would have been better if he was that brute like that like that shitty asshole Mark Zuckerberg type. I actually agree with that. Yeah. Where like it it is it just it feels forced and uncomfortable, which in it would have been with Mark Zuckerberg in, in it would have been uncomfortable, but in a good way mm-hmm. in where he, it would be very intense where him like yeah. this is attempting humor and it is just weird and gross like close up of Jolly Rancher and tiny fingers going into a mouth <laughs> he does have tiny fingers like what the fuck he's got fuck? little Donald Trump hands <laughs> it's I think I agree even though I actually I think this is like maybe the most interesting thing about the movie yeah. is there Lex Luthor because I agree. it's so it's so like divided and mm-hmm. the, like Honestly, I think they get at some really interesting, like, criticisms of, like, what do young people do in a world where they, like, their aspirational model is Lex Luthor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, like, so what do they become and how do they reconcile this? And, like, he becomes an interesting, like, basically he's really, I would love to just sit, like, pull him apart, like, write about him because I think the stuff they present is super weird. Mm -hmm. But dramatically, it doesn't work the way that the Mark Zuckerberg version of the character would because they want there to be gravity and his scenes can't add it. Whereas the Mark Zuckerberg version could honestly have no philosophical statements and just be shitty and, like, rude to the heroes. But that would be menacing in a way that would create actual stakes. Yeah, right? because yeah. it would be like I don't care that you're so much powerful, than, yes, so exactly. much more powerful yeah. than me. Right. It's it, it just comes across as like oh I'm a nervous weirdo right. and I'm doing right. this because like in the Kevin Space Kevin Space Kevin Space in the Kevin in the Kevin Space series businessman version of the character, him just not being intimidated by Superman is kind of unnerving. Because it's like, oh, you're just a dude who has a lot of money, and this is like an alien who could break your nap or whatever. But the way he's doing it, he's just sort of like irreverent and like, oh, you're just some punk fucking kid. The problem is he's like triply impotent. Is like he is like he looks impotent. He is impotent in his actions, and then because of the way they've decided to portray his menace, that is also impotent because it doesn't actually have a menace to it. It instead comes across as someone's like, oh, you're going to do something shitty, aren't you? God damn it. I'm going to have to go and solve that. As opposed to, like, in the Mark Zuckerberg version would not have to say that he's going to do something shitty. He, you would just know. Right. And the Kevin Spacey version, honestly, might not be able to do anything shitty to you, but he would present as someone intimidating. At least in that he seemed hyper competent, mm-hmm. and like every layer of the the Luther in this movie is intentionally impotent, intentionally unable to be as threatening as they want him to be, and like the fact that he manages to still have the money to get away <coughs> with blow it, like doing bad shit, is like creepy in its own way. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't add drama to the movie for him to be able to do those things. It adds a like weird thematic wrinkle. <laughs> And it undermines the idea that he has some grander design, even though they keep writing explicit lines of dialogue that are trying to explain his master plan. So, like, when the Congress gets blown up, that's just some shitty thing that he did. There's no sense of, like, oh, wow, he's really escalated the stakes, and he's, like, oh, we're really losing track of what he's up to. It's just like, well, he did another shitty thing, because he's an annoying... And all of this, I think, 
really undermines the ending especially where he's sort of like contacted dark side or whatever and he's going insane in his cell and he's had his head shaved and everything and he warns him that he's coming and all that like yeah. seeing the like more competent menacey like mark zuckerberg kevin spacey version of that character you've seen a possessed like a fully possessed confident human get broken by something out there and he's used to dealing with like aliens with strength on the level of gods so for him to have stood fearlessly in front of superman and then suddenly lose his shit and be terrified gives actual weight to that moment he's been pretty mentally unhinged the entire movie he's not performing any differently in that last scene yeah if you didn't have him spouting some like metaphysical celestial gibberish and there wasn't like the deleted scene where you understand why he's gone crazy yeah. like it's just him in a cell Right. There's no difference there when he's actually gone insane. Yeah. I'm sitting and thinking about it, and I'm imagining a version. And, and again, because I do think this character, as presented, is fairly interesting, just not a good, like, not he's a fun. good fit, like, yeah. for this. Per you could have almost these exact scenes in a movie where the Mark Zuckerberg version does these things narratively, basically, and then like gets through them, like, you know, suavely and menacingly, and then accidentally makes contact with Darkseid and is fucking broken by it, yeah. gets put in prison, <laughs> eventually shows signs of, like, rehabilitation, and then you have him do his horrifyingly awkward speech, where you're like, see, he's back in the public eye! He's trying to make amends for everything he's done. And that's the speech that he makes in yeah. his first public appearance, that would be since really he's great. been, like, gone crazy. <clears throat> that version of the character like then it makes sense yeah. we haven't seen him, this character what we haven't seen this character be competent enough to believe he could ever have gotten to the point he's at if his dad died and gave LexCorp to him there is no way that the board of directors would have put up with this snot-nosed weird like manic energy kid I guess for that's more than like three true. weeks it's really hard to <laughs> like, believe not that, 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 not, not yeah. that I'm looking for like a logistical through line and a the comic bookiest of comic book movies. Right. But, like, it's just nothing about his character sells at all. And he dresses right. like he's in the early 20th century. <laughs> he is he is a ridiculous and wonderful dressing character. Uh, I do think that, yeah, he just doesn't... They don't show a version of him... Or, or even he doesn't even come across as, like, a genius inventor. Right. Like, no. He doesn't do anything that makes it clear why they would keep him around. And too much of this movie is grounded in logistical bullshit, like trying to, like, get... Like, even the comic relief storyline is Superman not writing an article he's supposed to write. Like, too much of it is office politics or literal politics or, like, should we jail someone for disagreeing with, like, considering someone a hero or whatever? Too much of it is, like, weird and, like very mundane for the like very absurd version of this character it tries to touch a little bit on the collapse of journalism and the failure of the american media right just briefly yeah like, very what, briefly. what's that doing in this movie and why, why is there, there why is there no paparazzi in this movie right. that like where crazy fucking people are saying insane shit all the time why is Lawrence fishburne arbitrarily sometimes the hard calculated cynical voice of like this is what the world is. And that's not to just like, yeah, fucking give her a helicopter. She has to go someplace. <laughs> yeah, like, what? And I really want to be clear, I don't, I'm not a, like, I'm not a plot holes, like, nitpicker person. Neither I don't I. really care yeah. that Lex Luthor did not have a reason to unleash Doomsday. Partly because 
Honestly, he probably did have a reason he got in contact with Darkseid. Like, they will explain he released Doomsday because Darkseid told him to. The same way that Man of Steel gets explained by the first 20 minutes of this movie, where it's like, oh, we, like, fucked up and we apologize and here's why the end of Man of Steel is justified. We're going to make the entire movie about that ending. Um, you know, I think they'll do that again. Mm -hmm. um, but... Like, that's the thing. Having a plot explanation doesn't make it satisfying that he released Doomsday. Like, telling me that he did it because that was the beginning of the Dark Side episode? Right. That is not interesting to me. I do not need a plot explanation for why he's doing it. I need character motivation, mm -hmm. and I need consistent, and like, or inconsistent in an interesting way characters. Alex, I hate to contradict you here, but he does shout out his rationale for releasing Doomsday right before he does it, which is that it was like his contingency plan for if he didn't actually get Superman to kill Batman, and he needed somebody who was actually able to finish the job. But he knows what Apocalypse, what Doomsday is, yep. is the problem, so he knows that he's just damning humanity in like favor of killing Superman, but then he doesn't have a justification for why he wants to kill Superman anymore. He hasn't ever made it clear why he actually actually wants to kill Superman. Something about... something daddy. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, is that, like, all of this stuff gets, like, really muddy, and no, that's the thing. It's not that I need a plot <coughs> explanation, but I need to at least, like, have some characters who have interesting motivations through the movie. Superman reacts to everything. Mm -hmm. Batman reacts to everything. Lex Luthor is not clear on why he's doing anything. Everyone else in the movie is in their own boring plot line. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't cohere right. to any, like, drive. Um, and it doesn't help that it's edited into an abysmal sludge of a movie. Makes a joke about going back to Kansas. <coughs> spends another three scenes before we actually cut to him going back to Kansas. Could have been a really, like, a cut with some meaning that actually had some continuity in the story and would have been a little bit of a humorous moment and we would have understood why anything was happening yeah they just they didn't I can don't you imagine know, that the I don't know what they were doing <laughs> I don't know I don't I thought that I did and I just don't like yeah. there's not a whole lot that makes sense in this movie yeah. Uh, Obviously, talking about the plots isn't going to get very far because it just doesn't. It make doesn't sense. make any sense, no. and it's just going to be more of us pointing out inconsistencies and moments that don't work. So we should probably shift to the tone, which it's. I can tie the Jesse Eisenberg thing into it, yeah. but how badly do you think this thing suffers from the post Nolan superhero world, and specifically like Eisenberg in a post Heath Ledger Joker villain? He honestly oh. didn't occur to me the first time I watched it. Not that he's trying to like hit that performance yeah. or anything, but that the ticks and like the bordering on camp and like because honestly Heath Ledger's Joker mostly works because of the movie around him mm -hmm. I think I mean on top of that there are some like small beautiful details in that Ledger before like oh no it's brilliant yeah some just... of the verbal like very small bits of that delivery are like the most interesting parts of the whole fucking movie right. But the rest of the movie does a lot of work to legitimize his threats and understand yes. why he's being taken seriously. Exactly. Right. Um, and they set him up as, like, who is this clown? <laughs> like, they literally right. say that. Like, um, everybody's really fucking weirded out by him, and that helps. Right. This um, movie, they're just looking at Lex Luthor like, no one stops him, even though he was a weird, dumb idiot. Somebody should have stopped him from wearing that, uh, what is it? Ascot? Zing! Ha! Up top. Yeah, up top. 
Come on, Jackson, give me a high five. It's hard to believe that... Podcast uh, high five. It's, it's hard to believe that... It's hard to believe for... Again, this is like... It sounds like me being logistical, but the problem is because the movie doesn't seem interested in the things it does in dramatic moments, they aren't dramatic moments. Like, like the moment where they blow up the fucking Congress. Um, that... It has no impact no. because you don't buy that anyone in it seems to have mattered to the movie. You don't buy that um, that for like uh, you know logistically, how could Lex Luthor not get tied back to this? Um, you don't. There's nothing about it that makes it have any impact on the rest of the story because the moment that Superman is actually relevant for a scene, he returns. That's all it does, is it gets him to go to the fucking Fortress of Solitude, but, like, he doesn't go away for long enough for that to matter. The moment that someone needs him to rescue them, he's back. Yeah. Uh, it would be one thing if they did an emotional, like, a montage of, like, where is Superman after this thing happened? Um, and, like, not a where is Superman we want to hang him montage, a montage of, like, there are a lot of fucking, like emergencies that usually he has saved us through in the face of you know like criticism where is he um they had the other side of that montage earlier in the film right mm -hmm. they could have shown a space shuttle launch going wrong and nobody saving anything right yeah. something like it, yeah. it, it the problem is because they don't do any of that shit the whole thing only has impact because you're like they really actually literalize the jar of piss line? <laughs> yeah, that's literally the only thing that is important in that scene, is that it's fucking weird shit. It's that, pretty funny. Like, it, no, it's awful. It's I the worst thing. I, I just thought it was mean. I, it was gross. It, like, it was... Uh... Like, it didn't gross me out in like, oh man, they really <clears throat> went for piss in this movie thing. It no, was it just was like, like... It was a weird way to turn the Holly Hunter character like it, it was a moment that completely discounted anything that she exactly. had done in the entire movie as being relevant to anything but a mean punchline to me I was just like yeah well she hadn't done that much in the movie anyway so no one does anything in this movie except for Lex Luthor right yeah um one thing that I've been thinking about is uh like uh, like I really worked to remember if this movie... Like, there are so many women characters in this movie that never speak to each other. It's outrageous. Yeah. Uh, it, like... It to be clear, it technically passes the Bechdel test. Does it? At one point, Lois Lane talks to her co-worker in oh. her office. They are both named characters. Lawrence Fishburne says her name. I just don't remember what it is. Yeah. Um, they talk about work for a brief, at least a short exchange. Okay. So th it technically passes. But so why... Why why is Holly Hunter not getting interviewed at some point by Lois Lane so that these characters have interconnect? Actually, you know what this reminds me of? I'm going to bring it back. Bring it back to Lake House. <laughs> the Lake House is a maddening movie because there are all of these side characters and one of them is fucking Christopher Plummer. Like, he's just on the outside of this movie. And Sometimes not talking. And you're like, why are like why do none of the characters in these characters' lives interact in any way? They are all like like there are two spokes on this wheel that are joined by the fact that 
it's a romance movie, but otherwise they're like nothing about their lives interconnect in any way. Their bosses don't meet their like nothing. Mm -hmm. And the same thing ends up happening in this movie where it's like there are so many woman characters in this movie. Like it's the three main characters, Alfred, the women, and then you're at like the Lawrence Fishburne level of like relevance to the story. Like, why is Lois Lane not interacting with Holly Hunter at some point? Why is Gal Gadot not saying anything to Lois Lane at the I end totally of the fucking movie? I totally forgot Gal Gadot was in this movie. They introduce Wonder Woman in this movie, and she yep. says nothing to any of the women. The only time any of the main women in this movie interact is when Lois Lane talks to Martha Kent at the funeral for, like, 14 seconds that we can find out that Bruce that uh, that Clark was gonna propose that's it and it's just like you have so many characters and you they spend so much fucking time on them but they send them all off into their own parts of the movie it's just like why don't any of them talk and like the Lois Lane interview with the Holly Hunter senator whatever would have fixed one of my problems with the Holly Hunter character, which is why I don't have the same problem with the Jar of Piss thing as you do, it would have given her an opportunity to articulate some kind of philosophy like That's to true. another human, right. like in a scene that carried some sort of like... It would be her having philosophy as part of a conversation and like articulating a worldview in a context. Right. But we have the scene where she is explaining why the hearing is happening directly into the camera for purpose of using it in the trailer so people know what the movie will be about. Right. And she has the scenes before that, which exist only, I am convinced, to give them an opportunity to write scenes for Lex Luthor, in yeah. which she does not offer any sort of rationality for what she's doing beyond, I don't really want to make an exception for you in this yeah. thing that you're asking me to do. I'm not particularly interested in the idea that you have found an alien element that you're trying to import right. into the country that could potentially kill a superhero. Right. Like, there's just nothing there. Right. She's existing to feed other things in the movie. Right. Exactly. And th- and they all are. And if they had had any connection... But again, I, like, whatever. Like, if Alfred... Alfred also doesn't talk to any of these fucking people. Like, none of the side characters he's interact... A, he's, in, a, he's a house arrest. Like, but none of them interact. And even for a brief moment, they, don't <laughs> talk, they mostly don't even talk about each other. Superman no. barely talks at all. Right. Yeah. Superman barely talks in this movie. Like... Okay, like, what if Martha had been like, you know, whatever you do, I know you have a good thing with Lois. Or fucking, you know, like, any of them talking about each other. Alfred laughing about Wonder Woman. Something in this movie. Like, as a result, it just leaves all of the side characters who are all more interesting than the main characters um, with some... You know what, no, they're not. They could be more interesting, but they aren't. Um... But it's just so frustrating, and it's just, you're watching it, and you're like, okay, if any of these lines had intersected at any point, maybe some of these plot lines would feel relevant Or to something would have happened in this movie. Right, exactly. There are so many manufactured moments where the script's just doing the, well, we need these characters to be here, so here's another scene that maybe distracts you until we can get these characters here. So, again... Like, it's just wasting time for two hours. Right. The Holly Hunter, Lois Lane scene, scene, that seems like an obvious one. That seems like a gimme, almost. And here's another reason why. Because then it would explicitly link Lois Lane to Superman in the movie, as opposed to, like, what? So, that's not something they do, like, 
in print at any point. They just are like, yeah, he comes and he kills all these people. And the story becomes about killing all those people rather than uh, Lois Lane. Right. Um, but it would be interesting if then Lois Lane also made explicit the relationship to Superman by interviewing Holly Hunter. And she's like, don't you kind of have a bias in this? Because then it would set up the bullet incident later in the fucking movie where she realizes, oh God, everybody knows that I'm linked to Superman. Of course that's why I was there. I'm an idiot. As opposed to in this one where it's like, well, he probably, in order to know that he always saves Lois Lane, why, why do we know that? Is that, what are we working from here? How does Lex Luthor know that? Because it's not ever, like, brought into this movie. Jack's even quiet for a while. How are you <laughs> I, doing? I'm just trying to piece together in, like, in my head how they get to the Batman versus Superman. And it is... So many bullshit, throwaway bullshit things that don't make any fucking sense. Like Jackson coming in hot and now, heavy. No, I ugh, this movie is legitimately terrible, and I don't have any. I think I, about I think there that. are a lot of scenes that I found like the, either really bizarre in a fun way, or yes. at least just plain bizarre. Exactly. So, and I'm thinking of specifically like okay, so if we're trying to connect the dots between how the fuck do they start fighting each other? It it is Batman is Untenable. mad at, Batman is mad at Superman for shit that he did do and didn't yeah. do both. It's weird. Um He's mad of, about Mad of Steel. Yeah. And and one of those is uh <clears throat> uh and one of those things is the fucking dream sequence that the Flash sends him on <laughs> where they go to the future in which S- Superman has a secret police and Batman is a Mad Max like uh like rebellion like rebellion leader character and the entire time in the theater uh Alex can back me up on this I was going what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck is going on this is crazy holy shit what the fuck and then the bugs show up and you're like what What? movie am I watching yeah uh I did not leave during that scene, and I still didn't... Like, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. That, like, there... That movie is entirely made up of scenes like that for me, where it is remarkable in ways that it was... It was remarkable because it doesn't make sense. And it was... It's the Jolly Rancher scene. Yeah. It's the several dream sequences. uh, It's the uh it's this the horror movie scene at the beginning where batman is yeah. like hiding in the corner of this like sex trade house yeah. and like people are screaming and he's does his crazy like climb across the roof thing it uh, there's so many that i i feel like yeah that this movie is made up of parts like that it's got a little something for everyone it, and it it does uh it is just it is incoherent and it is not very interesting in ways that uh, it's it's interesting in the way that it treats some characters. It's interesting because of Lex Luthor. I think we can agree on that. So passing the verdict, it's okay. <laughs> God, fuck this movie. It's horrible. I think we should wrap up. I I think so too, Austin. Yes, Alex. What do you make ultimate? Uh, we know what Jackson makes of this movie. Yeah. What do you make of it overall? Um, well, I got about 15 Facebook notifications over the course of it, and I checked them all. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so all over the place. I don't know where they're going to go from here. I know that the fallout at Warner Brothers has been very, very sloppy because of, like, 
the Justice League film set to start shooting like the week after this came out. Yeah. And so they couldn't like bail on Zack Snyder or really course correct in any way. Yeah. And so this movie might mostly just be interesting to me as like a moment where a major studio actually fucked up real bad and watching like the industry implications of one of the majors trying to pull its ass out of the fire is going to be like an interesting historical footnote in about 30 years but like I was so fucking bored watching this movie whenever Jesse Eisenberg wasn't on screen like I paid attention out of the obligation because I knew we were going to record this but if I had just been sitting here watching it on a laptop in a movie theater where I had paid the price of admission um, and I didn't have to be able to talk about it with my friends, I would have, like, fucking turned it off about an hour in. It just... I know that it was wacky. The boring, sloggy, mishmashy bits in between the moments of goodness just were not... It was actively repelling me. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm the warmest to this movie we we all ended up watching it because i watched it and i was just kind of like what the fuck is this um cynically i think that the reason it's such a mess uh can kind of be summarized by the horrible like ridiculous but still like again gonzo kind of fun scene where wonder woman opens her laptop and you watch a promo reel for every other member of the justice league that was the one of the best parts of the movie it's also it's the most so, honest moment it's <laughs> so sleazy yeah um and the whole movie kind of operates that way. They're like, they do a test for like, do people like it? If we do a Batman horror movie scene, is the most popular scene in this movie the Mad Max dream sequence? Do people like the speech scene? Like, do people actually remember that? Or is that like lost in whatever this is? Like, it almost cynically to me, it feels like a market test of just like, we're going to throw every idea we have for the tone of the DC cinematic universe into this movie. And we're going to pick a direction based on what happens here. I don't think that, I almost think that's giving Zack Snyder too much credit. I think he just made a mess of a movie and they didn't quite know which direction they wanted to go in at any time. But... I like a mess a lot more than a generic action movie, yeah. and that's what I thought it was going to be before release. That was my worst case scenario for Batman vs. Superman, was just like, oh, this will be really fucking boring and they're gonna waste Jesse Eisenberg. That's not what we got. We got something much worse than that, but also as a result, way more interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, if... If you do like movies that don't work, like you like you can think of movies that you like and like you are aware that they don't accomplish most of what they're setting out to do, but they have such bizarre shit in them that you're like, yeah, okay, that was worth my time. This is worth your time in that sense, uh, but it's not a good movie. It's a it's a total mess, and it weighs so much potential. Yeah. And look. It's not because they, like, had a really good idea and just executed it badly. It's because they put so much shit in this movie that anyone with a chemistry set could mix shit together until something came out of it. And to your, like, sort of buffet-style tonal idea, having watched Man of Steel, also on my laptop, but, yeah. like, a proper copy, um... That movie only had one tone, and nobody liked it. So I think that keeps with the idea that they had to fucking find something that worked in this movie. Because yeah. Man of Steel was just... Just... Gray. Yeah, just man. a gray movie. Right. And this is like, when this movie is gray, they also have Ben Affleck standing in the middle of a fucking, like, 
dust storm while a horse walks by with no rider. <laughs> and you're like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> um, the, it's such a... Like, it is actively strange in a way that is honestly off-putting in several scenes. It feels like they are just going for strange um, rather than actually, like, trying to say anything. But, like, sitting there and wondering if it if they're trying to mean anything. Again, you can sit and piece stuff together. It's way more interesting to write about than it is, or talk about than it is to watch in the end. I think that's it. I think we have I think to that's it. wrap it up. Um, one last note before we jump to recommendations. No deliberations. Just give me your answers. Fuck, Mary, kill, Superman, Batman, and Alfred. Go. Oh, fuck. Um... Kill Superman because he's a mu- No! You know what? Kill Batman because, uh, <coughs> honestly, I've got enough Batman. Fuck Superman because I know what he does in nasty bathtubs. Uh, and I want to marry Alfred because, man, we'll just sit and get drunk and quip it. We'll just talk shit. It'll be great. Uh, swap Batman and Superman, marry Alfred. I'm cool with that. I think Alex had the right answer, but I understand yours. I like Ben Affleck. All right, let's run through recommendations real quick, and then get the hell out. Um, okay, go ahead. You have a recommendation. Oh, okay. Um, in keeping with the superhero theme, I'm going to recommend a movie that I watched in a fever dream a couple weeks ago. Um, Batman Returns is really, really, really weird, but it's like a lot of fun. Danny DeVito's Penguin is bizarre, and like I totally understand why it... Like, the overreaction to it is sort of what killed Batman for a long time in movies and led to the horrible Joel Schumacher things, but if you haven't watched it for a long time, or if you've never seen it, check it out. It's, like, weird and, like, very, very comic booky. Like, this movie's Batman v Superman's comic booky in, like, a boring, generic, trying-too-hard sort of way. Batman Returns has the sort of weird over-the-top energy that, like, the best comic books have sincerely. It's not trying to emulate something. It's just doing something that's very, very similar to its source material. Um, yeah, it's a lot of goofy, weird fun, and Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman and makes just, just so many puns. It's such a treat. Uh, uh, I'll say Iron Man 3 because I feel like a lot of people overlooked it when it came out and because they heard weird things about it or they said it like people a lot of people didn't think it was going to be what it was uh but it is legitimately one of my favorite uh marvel movies it is really interesting it shows tony stark as a character that is not really seen a lot i think in superhero movies yeah like it it, i mean it's 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 a redemption story but it's um it, it does it in a really interesting way and ben kingsley's fucking hilarious yeah, that that movie, honestly, until Winter Soldier, it was easily my favorite in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and now those would probably be close. Yeah. Um, I I really love the way that movie uses the panic attacks, honestly, <laughs> that it doesn't ever use them at a critical plot point. It just, like, makes that a part of his character mm-hmm. in a very human and organic way. Yeah. Uh, really interested to watch uh, his next movie at this point, just because, like, I want to know if I should trust him even when I look at a movie like The Nice Guys and go, mmm. That looks okay. <laughs> like, if that movie is be- like Iron Man three was way better than I expected, so yeah. maybe that will be too. Um, I'm gonna recommend. I, I don't have a superhero movie without Iron Man three, cool. so uh, I'm gonna recommend a movie that kind of slightly gets overlooked just because its director has directed a lot of other great movies. Uh, before we recorded our Fast and Furious episode, I watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind for the first time. Um, 
it is without a doubt one of the most effective emotional movies um, in uh, the science fiction canon. Um, I was really, really impressed by it. Um, it's really beautifully done. Um, it's, I mean, honestly, you can go into it knowing that it's a movie where people are going to meet aliens and then, like, the world kind of, and them as individuals both have to start coming to terms with that and not, and, like, it's, there's a lot of anxiety and pain and grief along the way. Um, but the way it resolves is just totally wonderful. Um, honestly, Richard Dreyfus might have been a better model for an eccentric Lex Luthor than the one they chose. Yeah. Um, but... That's going to do it for our special broadcast of uh, Batman vs. Superman. Close Encounters is real good. It's so it's good. It's a movie for me. It's super good. It, it, it does get... I mean, again, Spielberg's such a good director that, like, shock Spielberg made a good movie, but, yeah. like, it really is one of my favorites that I've seen by him. I have weird favorites from him. Oh. Yeah. You know, you're a weird... Yeah. I tend to like... Yeah. tend to like the weirdest stuff. You um, really, really love Death Proof. Man, and Death we, Proof was really... And we both love the Darjeeling Limited way more than we should. It's really good. It's good though, right? Uh, well, I like that movie. You, you do you really? Yeah. Oh, you're like the you're only like the third person I've ever met who likes it. No, I like Darjeeling Limited. Oh, cool. It's, yeah. 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 Um, quick thank you to Honey Creek for letting us use their song. Find them on Bandcamp. Are we good? I think we're, I think good. we're good. We I'm good. Alex. I am Alfred. Oh, uh, I'm Jackson. Conventionally attractive. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>